Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Shred Show Live, where we bring you industry professionals, entrepreneurs, and the best of the best from around the world who are willing to share how they shred, the strategies, the techniques, and the actionable items that you need in your business to go out and dominate. Join us as we shred, show up, hustle, repeat every day. Let's go. And gentlemen, before we get into all the fun, all the absolute news, the daily diary of this entire morning mm-hmm. industry, we want to talk about Happy Father's Day, Late Father's Day to all you out there. Jacob, how was your Father's Day? How was your Father's Day weekend, my friend? It was it was good. Like I mentioned, I have some uh, mementos to share with you for a momentous Ooh, uh, getting back to normal Father's Day. For the first time in two years, Father's Get to uh, get to do their fatherly thing, where their kids were actually able to go out and get gifts for them. I got gifts. Did you get gifts for Father's Day? Is that a thing for you to get oh, gifts? Absolutely. My what kids, did you get? What so did my, you get? I, should, I should have brought it. My little girl is into painting right now, and she painted actually this beautiful. She knows that I love flags. Like I love the country. She literally did this painting of our flag in our front yard. I was like, oh my gosh! I put it up actually in my workout room. I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then I'm. A, do you know what Jordan almonds are? Do you know what little candy Jordan almonds? Yeah, yeah. Love Jordan almonds. My wife like went to nuts.com and got the best Jordan almonds I've ever had. So, and then she took me golfing. I was kind of surprised. I didn't she was just like, "Hey, we're going golfing." And I'm like, "Let's go." So, we Let's went go. golfing. There you go. So, for a second I thought Jordan almonds was the name of the designer for my shirt. So I got just got a little confused there. Sorry. Jordan almonds did not design my shirt. I I, I got confused. Uh this is what I got. I brought them. Uh what I got for uh for from my kids is uh right here. Ooh. Uh, this, is, this is fatherhood is is getting alien socks which as we know uh is uh trying to show you there trying to show you um this is uh basically if 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 you like mortgages you like aliens because who doesn't understand the plight of an entire civilization of parasitic organisms with very high functioning uh i think that that represents um you know uh, a little bit a little bit of uh, the worst parts of the mortgage market but the other thing I was telling you about went to Austin, Texas during this assault, this heat wave, this extreme temperature spike went to Austin, Texas. So my high school daughter could compete in a rugby tournament, which is in fact called the blood fest. Blood fest. And uh, I used to play rugby. You know, we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, it is, it is a tough game. It is a hard game. It is legalized. Assault is yeah. a good way to describe it. And, uh, and for some reason, they thought, hey, it's 95 degrees. Uh, these people are at the prime of their youth. They're hitting hard. They're playing hard. Let's, I don't know, what can we do? Let's put them on turf. Of course. That makes sense. 115 degrees, oh. no shade, on the turf, all day, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Josh, I've never seen so many broken bones in all of my life. Oh my I mean, God. there were people walking around just like, and go into the med tent and it was rough. I mean, was it irresponsible? I'll leave that for the experts to decide. But uh, I think it was aptly titled the blood fest. So, you know, yes, turf is the worst. The worst. There were some hard, hard hits, especially uh, my daughter's team made it up to the semifinals uh, representing North Texas, you know, playing some top teams from around the nation. 
and uh, competitive sports. Man, what are your thoughts on competitive sports before we get into it? I'll give you one minute. Go. Man, competitive sports is one of those. Many of you know I've shared this story. I was I was very competitive in high school. I thought I was going to be that All-American athlete going into college. I played football. Football was kind of my sport. I was pushing the football very hard, and I, I got burned out. Track was my other one. I loved track. I did very well in track. I went to state championships many years uh, in track. But I was pushed too hard by people around me, not by my parents. Mm-hmm. I would say my parents actually, my dad is probably the least competitive guy you've ever met. But the idea, I don't love participation trophies, but I think some parents push their kids too hard and they, they think it is life or death, whether their kid makes the A team, the B team, whatever it may be. So that's a whole topic in itself. Competitive sports, I think they're good for the kids, but the parents need to realize it's for the kids, not for the parents. That's me. I'm going to stay there. That's the hardest part. You know, I'm, I'm a competitive youth soccer coach. Yep. Have been for a long time. What you're saying resonates with me. Uh, I don't think there's enough training and coaching uh, to, to really let coaches know. Uh, that is another topic, another show. Uh, we, we have a lot, a lot to get into right now. Holy Several God. injustices in the mortgage market. More to come. Let's talk about it. I would say, let's start off with this. We started sharing. We started kind of alluding to this, sharing a little bit about in the number one daily diary of the mortgage industry. Ladies and gentlemen, click the link below. The, you want to subscribe. You do not want to miss a single edition of Rise and Shred, and you can get it every single morning to your uh, email inbox. But I want to talk about something. We want to get into this because we want to go behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. That's what Rise and Shred is all about. That's what we continue to strive to do. And Thursday, we talked about this story that was, uh, and first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, there was a little bit of a misprint on this. There was a little bit of an error when it came to the actual structure and the one, two, three of this. We understand it. We're not perfect. We appreciate you pointing it out to us. But First American is under attack, Jacob. This is very, very interesting. Let's talk about this a little bit. So uh, we had mentioned on Thursday, you know, three companies just kind of throwing out the headlines for a quick read for Rise and Tread. And then lo and behold, a day comes by where Krebs Security publishes a scathing editorial, which was covered in this morning's, uh, which was covered in this morning's Rise and Tread. There you have it. Um, it absolutely. So, so let's back up a little bit. First American uh, did not necessarily have a data breach. They did not necessarily have a security thing. I want to go and I want to talk because some of my clients, some of your clients, Josh, have been involved in this. Let's let's look at it a different way, okay? Uh, companies like Krebs Security, all these cybersecurity companies that have online news platforms spend a great deal of time looking for vulnerabilities in companies, Okay, you you with me so far? Yep. When they discover these vulnerabilities, they first go to the company and say, you have this exposed through this and that, this and that. You don't know it, but it's vulnerable to a hacker. And won't it be bad if this ends up in the news? Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Krebs Security is lead gen. Okay, and they're not the only ones. They're lead gen by looking at different companies. Now, we're not saying they're exposed, but then when First American apparently didn't play ball for whatever reason, Krebs will have you believe it's because of poor organization all through the company. They published a scathing editorial against First American for not acting sooner on a vulnerability that was never actually happened, okay? Mm -hmm. The breach never really happened the way it was described. It wasn't like a bunch of cyber criminals out of Russia descended and stole all of these Americans' data. It wasn't that. It's really more about Krebs 
going after First American. Have you been to the facilities at First American personally, Josh? I have not actually, no. Okay, I have. I've been to the facilities of CoreLogic. I've been to the facilities of all these data companies. I've been to them to do to to all sorts of ones. And I can tell you, First American, this is the third time that this has happened in the last two years. I won't name the other two. First American got caught in the headlights because of Krebs having an online news platform where they published that. If you click through, it says in their scathing editorial, you could see how they go very, very deep on the Krebs security platform. Let me read a little bit to you. Okay, Uh, so roughly five months before Krebs on security, which is their news platform, Krebs on security notified First American that anyone with a web browser could view sensitive documents in its Eagle Pro database online just by changing some characters at the end of the link. Mm. And an internal security audit at First American flagged the exact same vulnerability. So Krebs is saying First American knew about this all along, did nothing. And then Krebs told them, you have this vulnerability. They still did nothing. And then Krebs said, the company never acted to fix it until the news media came calling. Mm. Who's the news media in this case? Krebs on security. Imagine that. So you could see where First American may be disinclined to cooperate with Krebs because it's a strong arm tactic. Of course. To get clients. Now, was the vulnerability there? Yes, but I've been to First American, and I can tell you they are—they run their shop as tight as possible with the volumes that everyone is getting. There is literally no way that they could be moving any quicker, doing any better, and I've met their management. Hmm. And I refuse to believe that the management – I mean, they didn't just attack the security misgivings, Josh. No. They went through the whole thing, clerical errors management failures, uh, a disassociation with what their customers need. That was the lowest blow of all, I thought. Holy smokes. And and behind this, First American can't say anything because they've got to settle with the SEC, right? They've got to spend half a million dollars to tell the SEC, which has been alerted by whom? We don't know, but the SEC is now involved. It's a really, really difficult spot that was First American was forced into it. Any way you looked in it, First Americans forced into it. And I tell you, they can't go public with talking. They can't defend themselves. The, we're the only people that are talking about it, Josh. We, we, we mentioned this. It becomes a complicated octopus that just gets its arms all tangled up. And the only thing we could do is squirt ink and hope that we don't get eaten alive. Okay. I need everyone to understand that this is about as bad as it gets for a good player in the mortgage industry. Josh, this is as bad as it gets for a good player in the mortgage industry, and it's not going to end. Okay, this is the best example of headline risk. And anybody the size of First American, you're next, buddy. Okay, you're next. You need to get your marketing on top of this, you need to get your PR on top of this because First American can do literally nothing right now. Wow, that's crazy. And it's 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 a tragedy in my opinion. I hate to see it happen. I really hate that it happened to First American. I could think of a bunch of other companies where I'd be like, well, you kind of had it coming. <laughs> Come on. This, this 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 is a witch hunt. This is what a cyber witch hunt looks like. And this is what, I mean, you're telling me First American mishandled documents? No. 
They didn't mishandle documents. Was there a security lapse that was a level three security concern that they classified at a level two? Sure, but <laughs> I mean, that hardly seems like a major mistake worthy of the editorial on Krebs that spends like, and I don't want to beat this thing to death, but that editorial goes on and on and on and on. And did you read it, Josh? Yeah, I absolutely did. It was, I, I'm right there with you. I'm like, wow, this is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it is, it is, it is what it is. It's a tragedy. And, you know, I think that, I mean, you're, you're talking about companies that have millions and millions and millions of records on display. I can guarantee you this is not the last time it's going to happen. I no. think the best tactic for first American is just to sit tight and wait until someone goes after someone else. Krebs is certainly not the only business that's adopted this model. And we know that the current administration, which we'll talk about later, is going after companies left and right. And it's going to be a way to help rebuild the roads is to kind of start to bleed the rich, the rich industry dry. Okay. And we're going to start talking about it, Josh. I'm not a political person, but I am aware of business models and I am aware of how the businesses intersect with one another and how companies and governments make monies and create stability. Why? But anyway, I, I say you're kind of teasing what's to come here shortly, guys. You gotta stay tuned. We're gonna be talking about it here in a few minutes. Before we get into that, though, hmm, Jacob, our boss is cracking down on the work from home situation. People are saying, "Well, wait a minute, you're going back to restaurants, you're going back to ball games. Isn't it time to get back to the office?" Our boss is cracking down. You know, um, I recently had my business partner Allison Austin tell me I have to get back to the office. Uh, you know, which is great because the headquarters is my house. So luckily, my commute is under 10 seconds. Uh, 99.999% of the mortgage industry is not going to be so lucky. And if our leaders are taking a bit of a page out of the book of the big bank CEOs, and let's face it, they do. They do. I mean, they look to the big banks. They aspire to be Jamie Dimon's. The leaders of our industry want to have the big, big, big companies that are diversified. Okay, that that offer lending. You know, you can't tell me that Rocket United Wholesale wouldn't jump on the opportunity to do autos, students, credits. I mean, you know, they'd love to expand into other asset classes. They already are. If you follow Rise and Shred, they're already looking into it. But let's talk about the Morgan Stanley CEO sent the most direct message whatsoever, basically threatening workers to get back into the up or else. Or else is a threat. Effective immediately. That's a threat. Okay. I know how bosses talk. Effective immediately is a huge threat, which means get in line with what you want to do and keep your opinion to yourself. That's basically what they're saying. They've had it. He's saying, okay, so, uh, you know, we went work from home and you moved out to Colorado. Don't expect your New York salary out in Colorado because I know in my little spot in New York how much it costs to live in Colorado and you can't get a New York salary living out in Colorado because Colorado isn't as expensive as New York. Is it? Is it? I mean, Denver's not exactly the cheapest place to live. Definitely not. You know, I mean, you 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 live out in the middle of nowhere, Utah, and your cost of living isn't the cheapest in the world either, Josh. Definitely not. I mean, here we have, again, we're beginning to see this trend where bosses are able to create this overarching policy that really only empowers their belief in their own ability to make overarching policy. Okay, that's all this is. It is grandstanding buffoonery at its finest. To talk to your people like this, I think, is completely ridiculous and insensitive. 
and it's not even funny. I, I guess he's trying to be funny. It's not funny. Okay, These are people's lives. They stuck with you for 15 months of a pandemic and you're going to come out and talk to them this way. This is how you treat your people. This is like get back to the office by Labor Day or else or else. I mean, it is ridiculous. It's just crazy to think that you have a CEO in such a leadership position who is talking in such a demeaning way. Like yeah. when I went back and read the actual comment, like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's like, whew, I would never want to work with. I mean, you and I are very fortunate. We're very blessed to, to work in the situations that we do, but it just came to me like the culture in which you build, you look at your leaders, like. I would leave. If I was with this company, I'd be like, peace. I can find someplace else to work. I would never, I would never want to put more money in the pocket of somebody like this who's treating employees like this. Like you said, who stayed so loyal after everything that has happened and then to be treated this way, like it's just all you CEOs, all you executives out there, take this as a page of what not to do when talking to your employees saying, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time we start getting back in the office. Don't do this because I guarantee it's not going to go over well with the general staff and the general employees of the company. It's just, it's just absolutely irresponsible, Jacob, in my opinion. And Josh, let's face it, for the single mom of two, right, moving jobs is not an option. But there they are. They're willing to put up with anything like this guy and, you know, go to work every single day. I mean, you have your most loyal people that you're going to speak to. Sure. And it's, it's just it's just crazy. Most people don't have the option to move. Most people who have moved don't really have the option to move back immediately. Right. So great. You, you stuck it out. You stuck it out, Gorman. You stayed in New York. You, you, you stayed in your multi-million dollar townhouse. And oh, occasionally you had to go to your mansion in Long Island. Oh, you did it, buddy. We're so proud of you. Now talk to us like we haven't been through something. Right. Talk to us. It's But even more into the grandstanding buffoonery is the CEO of B of A. Oh, He's yeah. saying, hey, you know, don't, like, you know, I encourage you to get back to work if you've been vaccinated. So what, if you've been, like, you're encouraging people to not get vaccinated so they can work from home? Oh, geez. I mean, you, you are creating a little mini public health crisis. Have you learned zero from the pandemic? Do you know nothing about science, B of A CEO? Because uh, having people who are vaccinated just returning to work is encouraging non-vaccination, which is against the medical advice which is against, and I don't know if you know, but there's a little bit of a political message about vaccinations right now that we're also battling against. Imagine don't make that. it any easier. Don't make it any easier for, for, for people who are anti something to get a foothold. You know, it's just, it, it's just mind boggling that now after all that, you're going to bring your medical knowledge into it. That well, it's safe for vaccinated people to uh, to go back to work, and the rest of you, you know, we'll we'll figure something out. I, I just honestly, Josh, I'm scratching my head. I'm scratching my head at these motives. I mean, we knew that returning to work was going to be rocky, sure, and we knew that it would have to be handled, and that models would be different. What we did not expect was the massive egos oh, to return, God. as if they've learned nothing. I mean, stratospheric egos of CEOs, it's insane. I think that's the part that the, just the ego check, like it's just like, holy smokes, come on. Like ladies and gentlemen, like just use a little bit of common knowledge here. You got into these positions one way or another 
So let's use let's use a little bit of intelligence when it comes to making these decisions moving forward. We're so all of us we've been there. You know, the last year and a half has been difficult. It's been challenging. Now the last thing we need is people making rash and uh, stupid comments and decisions moving forward. That that's just that we just don't need it. Speaking of that. Kind of. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about our last topic going into to wrap things up. So we all know we've been talking about this for a while now, Jacob. The mortgage industry, the real estate industry, there's 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 a lot of shape. There's some things going on, there's some turmoil, there's ups and downs. But the Biden administration, they are working hard to save our industry. Do you think so? What, what do you think here? Well, um, I, I have to, you know, and I don't normally do this, but Friday's rise and shred, the third story was usually it was very long compared to where we normally position stuff right it was it was very long and it goes into a lot of different things that actually despite its lane scratches on the surface i know most people probably would have jet by the third content you know you really should stick around and read that because it does show the multi-level of challenges faced by saving housing we created a housing crisis Uh-oh. and it's across administrations that it happens. So right now, and we go back to one of your viewers saying this is a terrible market. Well, it is a terrible market, but let's not pretend it's not a market that was self-created. You bet. It was definitely a self-created market and it had a lot to do with the pandemic. It had a lot to do with work from home. Now we are seeing inflationary fears begin to recede, the cost of lumber beginning to come down. Everybody's finished their DIY projects, okay? So everybody's fixed their homes, returning to work. So things are beginning to reset. There are still multiple types of stimulus in the works. There's still multiple types of housing reform in the works. The current administration has shown a lot of dedication towards housing at the low to middle income level. They have not shown uh, a, a predilection to try to fix or reform the mortgage industry. Correct. With the exception of Fannie Mae saying that we can digitize servicing for loss mitigation. Uh, with the exception of that, there has been very little uh, guidance from the federal government on how the mortgage industry can perform better in a very compromised situation. Okay. So we've seen more from companies like Amazon actually putting rubber to the road when it comes to low and middle income housing. These are very, very important areas of housing to get people owning homes so that they can move up. This is very, we gotta start at the bottom here, Josh. Okay, keep that in mind. We've gotta start at the bottom in order to fix the foundation of housing, okay? That said, there is not enough being done at the low to middle income level from a mortgage perspective. There's not enough being done from a self-employed borrower perspective. Self-employed borrowers still cannot get mortgages very easily. And it is becoming a huge, huge speed bump to the entire mortgage industry returning. But what we are seeing is the administration is looking for companies to find companies to have enforcement action, companies to publicly say weren't doing any good, right? But we are not seeing that level of support that we saw at the household level during the actual pandemic. We're not seeing that translating there. We're being told to fix housing, but we're not given any tools to actually fix it. So it is going to be a difficult problem. Hopefully the administration has something coming for us in the second half of the year. It is not looking good that anything will be able to be passed because of the bipartisan 
environment is creating a situation where actual good legislation is either being modified into something that is not very useful or it is being or it is or it is just being filibustered into oblivion. So here we have a, a very, 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 very divided political environment that is not going to be uh, conducive to fixing what needs to be fixed in the mortgage market. So that's going to leave it to us to do it. So once again, we're on our own. We've got to figure out how to do it. We're starting. Everything has changed. So now we've got to restart the restart. And that's just where we are right now. And as soon as we get some more information, some more guidance, we'll be on the show talking about it. That's why we're the number one daily diary of this industry is because we are bringing you, this is this is such one of those topics. And we try to stay as politically neutral as, as absolutely possible. We try to bring you the information that is truly valuable here. And this is such a great discussion point. There's so many things. I mean, the bipartisanism, bipartisan, is that is bipartisan? You know where I'm going with it. This will slow down certain decisions that need to be made. But more than anything, Jacob, that's what we, we try to bring you, ladies and gentlemen. That's why Jacob and our team, everybody behind the scenes, we really look for the things that are impacting, that are true. like, hey, what is moving the needle? What is helping you within your your business, and that's what we truly strive. And like you, we mentioned this earlier, we try to go behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes, and bring you that factual information that you need to know about. That's what we're all about here at Rise and Shred, right, Jacob? Yeah, and you know, when we do get political, we don't really talk about actual dividing lines, and right. that is out of respect for the people who are listening to this show, we respect that you feel certain ways politically. What we are trying to do is deliver usable information through all of that media that is feeding everybody's stream each and every day. It comes clogged up. We are siphoning through it and we're just dropping knowledge in little bits and bites. Boom. Knowledge drop, knowledge bomb on all you ladies and gentlemen. And that's what you can expect every Monday morning with Jacob and I. But more importantly, you can get it every single day into your inbox every single morning. We get straight to the news. We don't even link you out to another website. It's right there in your inbox, the things you need to know. And if you click below right now, you can subscribe to Rise and Shred. Make sure you not do not miss a single episode, not a single day of the Daily Diary the number one and only Daily Diary Mortgage Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jacob Gaffney is always joining us and sharing those knowledge bombs. That's what we continue to do for you and we'll continue to do it every single day. We would love your support. We appreciate your support. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's your turn. It's your turn to go shred, go show up, hustle, repeat every day. We'll see you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you, Jacob. Maybe our show's not ending. We have no idea what's wrong. There